Welcome back to the For Home Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Rashid. I'm here with... <gasps> I don't know who I am. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, geez, Rick. Fuck, who am I? I don't know. Uh-huh. Chris Lucky. I, um, I, I broke down and watched some Rick and Morty. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. What episode? Um, episodes one through five. Mm. Like, man, like... Pickle I, Rick! Yeah, yeah, I got to see some Pickle Rick action. <laughs> I got to watch them again, though, because like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't appreciate them the way that I should have been appreciating them. Oh, how so? Because I, um, I was just still in binge mode. Like, I, I, I finished watching uh, two movies for the podcast, and then, it was, then I watched all of, like, Star Trek. Couldn't watch any more of that. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, and Dragon Ball, like, I was all caught up on that and right. my, my Hero Academia. So I was like, so what do I watch? I'm like, well, I got five episodes of fucking Rick and Morty to watch. So I just put it on, and I kind of let, let it play, like, background noise right, or whatever yeah. while I was on my phone doing shit. So it's like I got, like, some of the jokes looking at it, but I didn't invest like I did season one and two. That's true. That yeah. you definitely gotta watch. You gotta watch that. Fucking the the Pickle Rick episode has to be my favorite animated yeah. episode of like in a while. Yeah. Like of anything. Okay. Such a fun episode. It's a great show. <laughs> Morty turn t- turn myself into a pickle. <laughs> pickle Rick Have you seen the Hurricane Rick stuff on on, on uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of hur- I turned myself into a hurricane. It's hurricane like, Rick <laughs> Oh yeah. I love that show so much. Yes. Uh, Listen, we're going to talk about Do the Right Thing, the Spike mm-hmm. Lee movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do any of that, let's do the ketchup. Uh, ketchup, mustard, yep. uh, relish, mayonnaise. Condiments. All it's... the condiments. See, to you guys, <laughs> that joke is a week apart. Mm-hmm. For me, it's an hour apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, actually, for them, it may be an hour apart as well. Oh, yeah. They might be binging. <laughs> yeah. They might be binging a, a, that a, shit. A lot of people just binge. They'll like wait till there's like 10 episodes, and then they'll listen to each episode, you know, back to back to back. You know, uh, I, 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 after watching Mark Maron's special. Uh, too Real, yeah. Too Real. I fucking loved it. It's mm-hmm. such a good special. Yep. I, 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 we saw the tour live, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a fucking great time. Yeah. But I, <laughs> he has this bit where he shares his like post-it notes of like ideas yep. that he has. Yep. And I laughed really hard at two of them. All right. Uh, the first one was like, the monster that I created to protect the kid inside of me is hard to manage. Yeah. I have no, you have no idea. I had to pause a special and laugh at mm. that fucking post-it note yeah. for like five minutes. Yeah. And then the other one is like, we will all be immortalized as content. Yes. Uh, which, Very as podcasters, mm-hmm. <laughs> our lives is this. This is yep. us. This is what you get. Yep. We are the content you are that content. you're consuming. Yep. Yeah. That's all we are to most people that will listen to this. Yeah. And uh, that fucking made me laugh. Yeah. But ever since then, uh, I've like I've I had this notebook for a while with me mm-hmm. that I write film ideas for, like concept mm-hmm. ideas for. But ever since watching that special, I decided maybe I should just do it for every stupid thought that happens in my head and yeah. see what comes out of that. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. And <laughs> so I've been doing that for like a week now, mm-hmm. maybe. And uh, it's one of my favorite things to, to do. It's fucking fantastic. The the a great thing about it, like, after you've done this for about six months, yeah. go back and read some of the stuff yeah, that no you wrote idea. in the first month. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this about? Like, what the fuck? This makes no sense. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I do that. I do it in the, in the notepad on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like, I do that every moment of the day. It's, but it's, it's so much fun. It's, it's like just random bullshit. Like, you, you, can, you can pull out something good at gym every now and again, but like 80% of that shit in there... It's like, like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. This makes no fucking sense. Sp- sp- speaking of making no sense, have you ever heard of a rapper named Lil Pump? Uh, I have not. What, mm. what is it with all these rappers? Lil something? Fucking putting little something on it. Like, did that yeah. start as like a Facebook meme? Put little on the thing next to you and that's your rapper name. Uh, and then rappers are just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to roll with that. 
Mm. I don't need a record company. I'll I just mean, put it in SoundCloud. People were people were doing this before Facebook existed. What the you know? fuck? So it's like we had the, we had the little C's and I know like, little John. Yeah, little John way before Facebook. Yeah, you know. So it's like there there was a, there's always been little, big or young. You know, you, you have to be young you thug. To, you have to be well, but yeah, the newer yeah. people. But yeah. Jay Z used to be young hove. Uh, you okay. Know, you know, so it's like you have young, or um, that's where you get the young money from. Mm-hmm. You know, or um, oh, there was another one uh, putting the easy on things. Right. Uh, you know, Wayne changed into Wheezy, or Kanye turned turned into Yeezy, or um, who, who's who's the mother? Um, or uh, Drake turned into Drizzy. You know, <laughs> that you know. one makes me uncomfortable because I just oh, sounds man. like he's drizzling shit and something. <laughs> And I don't yeah. like it. But yeah, I, I, I've heard of this. Uh, I found out about a rapper named uh, Lil Pump. Lil Pump. And it's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. Now, I was uh, I was in the gym and I had it on, um, on shuffle. And eventually when my shuffle ran out, there were no more songs to shuffle through. And then it like did like a kind of a Pandora thing mm-hmm. to where it finds like the closest genre or Recommend artist. You've seen Spotify, right? Yeah, I'm on Spotify, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it recommends something like that or whatever. So I, I'm in the gym and the, the song before that was like a... a pump it up, like type hype beat or whatever. And then Lil, uh, Lil Pump came on right after that. And I was amped. Like I got through <laughs> an hour and a half workout listening to nothing but Lil Pump. Because he's pumping you up. But, but, but the thing is, like I tweeted something about it afterwards. And it was like, yeah, like you know, like whenever like you're watching like the nastiest, most filthy porn ever. Yeah. And then after you orgasm, you're still seeing it on your screen. It's like, oh, shit, I got to get away from this. Like, this is the worst. <laughs> I got to fucking take a step back. Yeah, like what the fuck? But it's like, but while you're in the moment, you're like, I need this in order to get where, where, where I'm trying to go. Right. You know? But after it's over, you just immediately like, oh, God, this is disgusting. <laughs> You know, I fucking hate myself. That's how I felt listening to Lil Pump. <laughs> like while I was in it in the gym, I was like, I know this is bad, but I'm like, I need it. Just let me get through it. Yes. You know, get through the workout. Then as soon as the workout was over, it was just that shame. You know, <laughs> what the fuck did you just subject your ears to? Yeah, I came in with the sauce. Oh, yeah, I came in with the sauce. Uh, bitch, I fled real You're Ross. in the gym uh, like, you got them right. I came in with the sauce. <laughs> And then you work out of the gym going like, that sauce was horrible. What the fuck happened? What the fuck is he talking about? He just keeps saying, I came in with the sauce over and over again. And then just, a, uh, yeah, whoa, hey. And those are lyrics. Those are lyrics, Brian. Like, I want to know, did you have to write that down? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, ooh, like, so, like, do you, are, are those lyrics? Like, I used to think about that with, with, with James Brown, you know, listening to that with, when I was a kid. Like, my dad's playing me James Brown, and then I'm like, okay, Simon Boo, Han, Bon, Tim, Do, Han, Mai, huh, I said, I see you, hey! I'm like, what the fuck is that? What did you just say? You didn't say shit, James. You know, but everybody in the car, it's kind of like what you were talking about a few, a few weeks ago. It was like um, pretending that stuff isn't weird. Right. It's like, why is everybody here pretending like this is normal? <laughs> why is this fucking okay? Yeah. Why is this a thing that's happening yes, right now? Yes, it's not okay. Yeah. This isn't a normal thing. You know, it's like, I don't understand, like, how is this little pump thing supposed to be good? It's like, I knew what I was doing with it. Like, I, I, like I'm prob- part of the problem, right. you know, because I gave him those views and those listens. Yep. But just, like, afterwards, like, like I don't understand, like... How was this music now? <laughs> and then, and <laughs> you know, like you didn't have to write those lyrics down. Oh fuck, that's funny. Yeah, he just kind of walked in the studio and just went like, "Hey, yeah, hey, oh, ooh, oh. hey, yeah." I'm lost whoa. in the sauce. I can't remember the sauce. sauce. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, talking about like weird rap music, mm-hmm. uh, I don't Tyler the Creator. Yes, I like. I'm not a, a huge fan of Tyler the Creator, mm-hmm. uh, but his latest album, he's got like two songs really that I really good. like. Have you heard Bored? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I, I heard the whole album. Yeah. 
but I don't know if I remember the specific song. Yeah. But it was uh, Who That Boy. I mm, really, really love that fucking song. Yeah. Have you seen the video? It's fucking amazing. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the reason I bring it up mm. is because someone made a Rick and Morty mm. version of Who That Boy. Okay. And the Rick, the Rick voiceover is kind of bullshit. All right. But the Morty impression is fucking spot on. Oh, shit. And you just hear like Morty go like, Who That Boy? Who him is? <laughs> So fucking funny. <laughs> I gotta see that. I'll send it to you. Hell yeah. That sounds anyway, fun. Uh, uh, the, <laughs> the reason that I uh, that I bring up the little notebook thing was because mm-hmm. the other day I was listening to a podcast in the car. Yeah. And like I, I just, I got into a parking lot mm-hmm. and I just went, the and I wrote, the reason I listen to podcasts is so I can tell the voice inside of me to shut the fuck up every once in a while. Ooh. Because <laughs> I need someone to, like, talk to me yes. so that I don't get neurotic about it. Hey. And I wrote that, that thought down, and I didn't see it again until, like, five days later mm. when I'm flipping through to write another thought, which was cinematic masturbation mm. in reference to the Neon Demon. Yeah. Uh, and I, and <laughs> I saw that thought earlier, and I was like, fuck, that's sad. That's a sad thought What's that? that I had. Like, the podcast one. Like, I just went back and listened to it, and I just felt sad for myself. Like, Explain. Because, like, uh, I mean, that was like a, I, I, like, yeah. I, I listened for the same reason, but I, didn't, I never thought about it that way. Right. Well, it's, I didn't like thinking about it. That's the mm. thing. Because now that I've thought about it, every mm. time I put on a podcast, mm. I'm just going to be like, this is just an escape. I'm just, I just don't want to be in reality right now. This mm. is why I'm listening to this. Huh. And so now that I've conceptualized that thought into writing, mm. it's going to be two weeks until I can listen to another podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 well, I mean, if you want to go deeper into the rabbit hole, it's yeah. just like, I'm sure there's more things other than podcasts that you may be using as an escape. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. the reason it's, I watch movies. Yeah. So I can like fucking sit on a couch for two hours and mm. be just like, fuck that camera angle. Yeah. I don't like the camera angle. That was bullshit. Or yeah. fuck that writer. That's I don't that, like that writer. That's the reason I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason I smoke weed. Because like I said, I would just be in my head over and over. And so we had like two different ways of like approaching mm-hmm. si- situations. Like yours, you were saying that you um, like to avoid it. Don't think about it. It's right. just, it just, it happens when it happens. And when you get to it, it's there. Yeah. And I'm just like, I want to obsess about it and think about every single step over and over and over again. So when I get to it, there are no surprises. Right. You know, so it's just like, if I'm smoking a little weed, I can just kind of be in the, the mind from the tree. Yeah, the I just exist. It's just whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need weed in my life a little bit. Uh, hey, hey, no. See, that's a fucked up thing about weed because I enjoy the concept of weed, mm. but weed that like puts me down mm. makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what strain it is. I mean, uh, but like uh, like the sativa, there's one type of weed that like keeps you more alert than the other sativa. one. Sativa. Yeah. I like sativas. I mm. I, I, I can't. It's make... a it's a thinky weed though. Yeah. Like if you if you want to avoid things and not think about stuff, then weed is not is gonna make you think more. About well, it. that's the thing. It, yeah. That's why I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it to relax. It's, it's gonna make you think instead more. Instead of like being thinking about something productive mm. or something stupid, like the conversation I had in the bathroom it's at a Chinese buffet, I'm just gonna stuff. be sitting here and going like. Fuck, why am I so quiet? Mm. I'm like being quiet. What the fuck is happening to me? Yeah. So I can't do weed. I can't, uh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I saw it. Oh, uh, the uh, new it? Yep. Okay. Uh, the new one, 2017. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. What'd you think about it? Uh, fucking fantastic. I mean, besides that, that's uh, great. One of, the, one of the best horror movies that I've seen, hands down. Ooh. Uh, not only because it's, 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 a, it's good, it does good use of jump scares, mm. uh, but it also has lingering horror. Huh. And it so like conceptually the movie's terrifying. Is it thinky at all? It's not necessarily thinky, uh. but the thematics are are so good. Like the 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 sort of like it it goes after what scares you the most, and then mm. you have to like face your fear. Mm. Uh, and sort of that concept in itself is really like a concept that I've been fascinated with for a long like time. Like Freddy Krueger a bit. Uh, kind of like Freddy Krueger. Mm. Uh, but the the thing that I think makes this movie. 
I think a more lasting horror experience mm. is that it doesn't ease up throughout the entire movie. Mm. It is constantly barraging, barraging you with the idea that you're supposed to be scared of it and mm. you don't know what it is. Okay. And like er, like the it's a great horror movie because every character is scared and you as an audience member immediately empathize with those characters. Mm. So you're not scared because of loud noises, you're scared because of empathy. And and I think that I is what that's like how I don't understand. Like this is the thing: it's like empathy is like when you can understand because you've experienced it yourself. Sympathy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Through, yeah. Through, through sympathy. All right. You can sympathize with these characters. Yeah. And 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 you can sort of like put yourself in their shoes because yeah. we've all been that kid. Yeah. That's so terrified of something that we see it manifest and yeah. no one else sees it with us. Yeah. So like conceptually, the movie does that very well. Okay. But the filmmaking is amazing. Like the camera, the camera work yeah. is like gorgeous looking. And it makes you uncomfortable on purpose. Yeah. Uh, they're using, they use a lot of like, I don't know what, the, like I forgot if the word was oblique or obtuse. I think it's obtuse angles. Oblique, uh, uh, obtuse? Or Dutch, Dutch angles, that's the word. Dutch, it's not even okay. Dutch okay. angles. All right. uh, it uses a lot of Dutch angles to put you off center, off balance. Uh, when you're watching like the tilted uh, frames. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But the, uh, a lot of movies would use that, but they would just leave the camera still. Yeah. But uh, it does that and then it moves the camera into like a different framing mm. and it adjusts the camera mid framing so like you never feel stable yeah. as an audience member watching this movie yeah. because the camera work is so like wait what the fuck why is this happening what is this hmm. and i think it's a great way to convey um, discomfort through like cinema yeah. and like not only am i afraid of clowns but i'm also afraid of body horror mm. and this movie has plenty of fucking that body horror body horror what's that that's uh that's sort of have you seen dead space mm. or john carpenter john carpenter is a good example of mm. body horror it's when human biology gets morphed so and distorted so heavily mm. that you can't help but feel uncomfortable by uh, it. Uh, Lovecraft does this. Uh, uh, I've seen John Carpenter. I've seen It, The Thing, mm -hmm. and um, They They Live. I think that's John Carpenter too. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but but yeah, It and The Thing that's transforming. You know, body. Uh, right. It's not It. Um, fuck. I know what you're oh, talking. I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But The Thing. Uh, does the Fly. Sort of the Fly. There we go. That's a kind of body horror. It's a, it's a good, it's, it shows up a lot in sci-fi yeah. uh, because it's easier to explore in sci-fi. Mm. Uh, but I fucking love body horror. I think it's amazing. And I think it does a wonderful job and making and using body horror, using jump scares. The jump scares are really effective yeah. because they're not sort of cheap. They build up, they're sentient in the scene. And when they happen, you get the immediate payoff like, holy fuck, god damn it. Mm. And then immediately it moves on into that lingering creepy terror. It yeah. doesn't stick on, doesn't depend on the jump scares. I think it's the best crafted horror movie that I've seen in a long time. Hey. Maybe since The Babadook, I think. Nice. It's, it's really fucking good. It's I'll amazing. I'll check that out. I, I really recommend it to anyone. And like, it's also faithful to the, to the source material yeah. in a way that I think it's interesting because it like, changed a lot. Like The time period changed, yeah. uh, which you think would change the story a lot. But mm -hmm. the way they build the town, the way they build all the details, all the intricacies of like it, mm -hmm. the way the kids do an amazing performance. Yeah. Uh, the kid from Stranger Things is in this yep. movie. Yep. I fucking love that kid. That oh, kid yeah. is going to make so much bank when he goes and he's like fucking up there nice it's amazing it's a really good movie i enjoyed the shit out of it uh see I'm, I'm gonna have to see that yeah. uh hands down uh the last thing i seen was uh one mississippi it's a uh, tignatoro show yep 
uh, this this show, there's nothing else like this on television. Season two, right? Season two. Uh, she only does six six episodes per season. Mm-hmm. So it's like a kind of it's kind of a formula of what do you do when you have a very good idea, but there's only about three seasons worth of material that you can get stretched out of this. Like, oh well, we'll just only make six six episodes per season. Now we got ten seasons. <laughs> you, know, you know. So, but um, but yeah, the show. There's nothing else like this on on, on here. But the one thing that I do want to talk about real quick and just and mm-hmm. be done with this is the Louis C.K. thing because I brought it up a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. But with uh, one Mississippi, uh, she was interviewed. Tara was interviewed. Uh, um, because uh, Louis C.K. was the one that gave her the big break. Like, like I said, I've been on Tignataro since 2011, but she would have been a no-name if Louis C.K. wouldn't have, you know, put her out into the, the forefront of everything with her right. um, her live special when she talked about cancer and everything. So shortly after that, he decided to executive produce her television show, One Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So the first for the first name that you see when her show comes up is uh, executive producer Louis C.K. Right. You know, and now over the past two, three years, we've been hearing about all these... Um, uh, allegations of sexual misconduct, you know, mm-hmm. Louis C.K. and um, a number of females, you know, saying that he's been masturbating with them in the room, you know. Right. And um, so so now the show, you know, Tig Notaro, she, she's um, a very well-known feminist, a very a well-known uh, LGBTQ um, advocate, mm-hmm. you know. So when these allegations started to come out and then she said she had an incident with him herself, mm-hmm. you know, she could no longer just, you know, do a show that's produced by him and just pretend he doesn't exist, right. you know, just push it under the rug or whatever. So this season, there's a character that is the producer of, it's very meta. Mm-hmm. So within the show, One Mississippi, Tignataro has a show in that show <laughs> that is produced by a producer that looks like Louis C.K. <laughs> and in that, Louis C.K. takes a woman into the office and masturbates in front of her. Like they, I, I have never seen a celebrity with this high of a status torn down so visually in a show like this. Like, they, they didn't say, hey, this is Louis that we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? But, but they totally said but it was Louis. Totally. Yeah. There's six episodes and three are about this shameful human being that we're not, you know, talking about on the forefront. Oh, so she, she took her television show to let people know that this person that you're giving millions of dollars to, that everybody is enjoying and loving, you can continue to do that, but you need to know what kind of person this is. And she she hit the nail on the head That's with this show. That's pretty admirable. It that takes very, balls. It, a lot of balls. Because like I'm saying, he's the executive producer for your show. Mm-hmm. He's the person that got you Is he a still name. producer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like now his fourth and forevermore unless he decides to step down, you right. know. But I mean, it's basically his show. So it's like the person that gave you your shot, the person that put you in, in, in stardom, gave you a show, you know, sold your, your album live on his personal website, mm-hmm. you know, is like for you to... Um, in, in a manner of speaking, bite the hand that feeds you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's looked at one way, but when uh, the person, the hand that's feeding you, you find out is a pervert and a sexual abuser, mm-hmm. then damn right, bite the fucking hand off. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, right. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what she's doing with this show. So please, please, please watch watch One Mississippi on Amazon. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to check it out now. It's, it's, it's good. But uh, anyway, we're gonna cut and then we'll be talking about do the right thing yeah. by Spike Lee. Hey, hey. Boop. That's another thing I'm, uh, uh, that uh, you can cut this out because I started recording like an idiot. But it's another thing that I really love about being a person. Mm-hmm. Everyone, no one wants to talk to kids about the bad thing that happened. Oh, no. Right? I, I think everyone should. I mm-hmm. think everyone should tell the kids, hey, Pee Wee's not on television anymore mm-hmm. because he was caught like pulling his dick a little too hard in a movie mm-hmm. theater. Maybe not in quite that phrasing. But someone should tell 
kids what's happening in the world. Because mm. then at one point when they're 15, they're not walking around going like, what the fuck is happening? All of the time. I yeah. think kids should be exposed to like the shitty things in life so that they can understand mm. what the shitty thing is yeah. and how to like learn from it instead of just being hit in the face with it yeah. when they're in high school. And they're just, like, covered in agony and going, like, why the fuck is life so shitty? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. It's, it's up to parents. Like, parents have to – just as long as you decide that there is a time for it. You yeah. know, because there's, there's, there's parents that just, like, well, they'll figure out about birds and the bees and any kind of things that are going on socially on their own and being mm-hmm. around other kids. You know, some parents just let, expose their kids to stuff way too early. Yeah. And then you see the, the results of that when those kids become mm-hmm. older. So, like, as parents, you know, we really have to decide when is this kid old enough to be able to process this information right. you know just talk to your fucking kid for at like some five point minutes. just do it just yeah. talk to your ugly little kid yeah he'll it'll, he'll be fine the kid is ugly by fine. the way huh? the kid is yeah ugly. no is absolutely yeah. every kid there's, is ugly there's not a not a, yeah. a, a not ugly kid the, no there's, there's not. not kids are ugly i'm yeah, sorry they are, they are. anyway yeah. i'm saying if you have a kid you'd be like my kid is ugly. It's not like a like a like animals i'm like i think every dog is ugly every dog is ugly every cat except, is ugly except your dog He's, exactly He's, that yeah. mark maron has a great joke about that he's like i'm not a cat guy oh yeah yeah i'm a my cat guy i don't give a fuck about your cat yeah exactly <laughs> give two fucks like no zero so fucks yeah i don't actually. give a fuck about your kid my yeah. kid's gonna be amazing though. it's amazing yeah. the yeah. most beautiful kid ever tremendous kid <laughs> tremendous. best kid smartest kid ever <laughs> <laughs> great sense of humor your kid no no <laughs> no he can go fuck himself <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, anyway do the right thing this is a rundown uh do the right thing is a rated r um oh wow do the right thing exclamation mark do we have that we, I, I just remember saying that recently oh I exclamation know. mark just uh, do the right thing. It's a it's a rated R movie that came out in 1989. It's a drama film slash comedy with a two hour and five minute runtime. Uh, the rundown is on the hottest day of the year on a street in Bedside uh, section in Brooklyn. Everyone's hate and bigotry smolders and builds until it explodes into violence. Uh, the writer director is Spike Lee. It, star- it stars John Turturro as Pino. We remember John Turturro. Yeah, this is one. This is one of the only. F- well, one of the only actors that I recognize from my movie history that has worked a lot of movies with two different directors. He's done three movies with Spike Lee that I know of. And a couple and, with the Corn Brothers. And right? the Corn Brothers. Three movies with the Corn Brothers I know of. Anyway. Oh, fuck. Three and three? That's, pretty, yeah. that's a pretty even record. I appreciate that, John Turturro. There may be more, but I'm just saying, just from my <laughs> own movie history. Um, then uh, Spike Lee played Mookie. Um, that's what we were talking about a few weeks ago. I didn't know you. that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I paid for this movie mm-hmm. on Amazon because mm-hmm. I couldn't find a good quality version of it's it It's on HBO. Else. Uh, I don't have, have HBO. Yeah. So I rented it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And one of the fun facts, Amazon has this x-ray bullshit that you click. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Mookie, played by Spike Lee. I was like, what the fuck is like, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck is this kid? That's what, that's what, that's what, that's what we talk about on um, the Kevin Smith. You were like um, that Kevin Smith uh, writes and, um, and puts himself in a movie. He's like, right. does, does, uh, does Spike Lee do that? I'm like, yeah, in every movie. <laughs> I like, don't know. Not only does he write the movie, he's in every movie. He's like, is it just like a role or he's just I'm like, no, he has parts. But <laughs> I thought he was like, like, he looks like a kid. Like, yeah, I yes, thought yeah. Mookie was like a kid, yeah. like a 16-year-old kid. He, he is, he's fresh out of, uh, out of NYU at the Tom, really? this is his, um, his second big movie. Second, so he's what, probably like 20, 23 at the oldest. He's young as fuck. Very young. So like I'm watching this movie yeah. and I find out that Mookie Spike Lee. And I was like, what the fuck? Who is this kid? Yeah. How can yeah. someone be so good at both things? What the fuck? Yeah. 
I, I got young angry kid. at it actually. The um <laughs> the thing about it, I got to hear um hear uh Samuel L. Jackson and uh Denzel Washington um talk about Spike Lee because they've both done a lot of movies with him and they asked like how was he so great at a young age at, at being such a great director? And he was like, You can say that he's a great director, but he's a great caster. Yeah. He knows who to cast. And whenever you look at those movies, when Denzel's on there, when I'm on there, we're all helping him. We have twenty plus years of experience. He has three. You know, so we're letting him know these are the things, you know, just he keeping thing keeping continuity keeping authenticity to the subject matter mm-hmm. and i'm like i agree like i mean that's that's more than half the battle is your yeah. cast my personal definition of good directing mm-hmm. is is surrounding yourself with really good people yes that would help you in making your film yep and, and spike lee does that very he well he does apparently. it very well yeah um the spike lee plays mookie and um bill nunn plays radio raheem R- rosie perez and I, we, I talked about rosie perez you didn't know who she was earlier yeah. on i know who she is now yes because <laughs> we, we me and me and tessa we recognized her as the most popular United States um, uh, Puerto Rican lady, mm-hmm. you know. But I, you, I guess people would say Jennifer Lopez, maybe. I guess. Yeah, that, that's a that's a go to. Yeah, but Rosie Perez, she used to be on a show called In Living Color in the early '90s. She was a fly girl, mm-hmm. and they took her from from this and just had her dancing because she was a dancer back yeah. in the in the early '80s. And well, anyway, we'll we get to that. Right. Ro- Rosie <laughs> Perez plays Tina and Martin Lawrence. You, do you know who Martin Lawrence is? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, of course. I, 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 I uh, Oh, Bad Boys. Bad okay, Boys. Yeah, I was like, well, was I, I don't know. I know him from Bad Boys. He did another movie that was really popular that I don't remember the name of. Okay, uh, but I, I I've known Martin Lawrence. He's right. been in my world. All right, so Martin Lawrence. He plays a character named C. He's very young in this. Man, I, I wrote in a note actually here. Martin Lawrence had a big head. Yes, yes. <laughs> Fucking, it should, looks like his head didn't age, but the rest of him did. You should see him. I, I want to show a side by side picture because there was a point when he he had a comedy special called Run Till That, mm-hmm. and the special was about him going crazy and trying to lose weight and running around around the streets, but but his body got smaller, but his head went from thin to super bulldog. <laughs> like, I'll show a side-by-side picture, but it's ridiculous. Fucking, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. But yeah, that's, that's the rundown, though. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, listen, this is a it's, a... it's our Criterion movie. It is. Uh, it's our pick for the Criterion movie. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't? You, you picked uh, Silence of the Lamb as Criterion, but then you said you wanted to see Do the Right Thing and didn't know that it was Criterion as well. All right, well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Never mind that. Do the right thing. Just yeah. a good movie that happens to be in the Criterion Collection. Gonna change my whole fucking thing. Uh, I I I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a great fucking movie. I mean, it is. Uh, yeah. But here's I got. How do you feel about the in the the sequence to like Rosie Perez dancing, Rosie Perez? Oh, the, the beginning of the movie. Yeah. See, there, there's a uh, it, it opens the movie and it lets you kind of know what this is. You right, know? right. That's yeah. what I wrote too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I wrote like I, I know what this credit sequence is doing. It's mm-hmm. telling me that this is a a, a movie about minorities mm-hmm. and their culture, and yeah. this is about. So if you don't know any of that, this is what you're getting. Yeah. It did nothing. But like that being said, I absolutely hated that introduction. <laughs> I mean, the thing, like, I, I was wondering how, if you were going to be able to mm-hmm. enjoy this movie at all because of the cultural differences that you haven't been exposed to. Right. You but know? here's the thing. I, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. I'm just really <laughs> I'm drinking coffee, so I'm just, like, fucking. You know, because, like, I, I was thinking, like, um, like uh, early, early episodes, I was like, um, if I didn't watch Friends or Seinfeld or Frasier, then whenever I run into, like, classic mayonnaise white people, <laughs> that I wouldn't understand how to interact with them, and right. I wouldn't know why. Their jokes are supposed to be funny because the only thing I understand is like uh, Robin Harris, the character in um, and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know when there's a red brick wall and uh, there's three black guys sitting yeah. in front of the brick wall and the way that they're talking to each other, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of humor and um, culture that I understand. Right. You know, so like, so I wouldn't 
you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I didn't know if you would be able to go into this cu- culture that you haven't been privy to mm-hmm. and then take it for face value. Here's, here's the thing. It's, it's really interesting because you're right. I'm not part of that culture yeah. directly, mm-hmm. but indirectly I've been part of that culture. I mean, it's, I yeah, it's, Puerto, it's Puerto Rican. It's uh, black and Puerto Rican both. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's so poor like culture. My though. emulation of my understanding of that culture comes through the filter of being the Hispanic mm-hmm. that's watching that culture exist right alongside it. Yeah. So like I get the culture. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily part of it, but mm-hmm. I understood the how do you say it? I understood the archetypes of people mm-hmm. that were existing in that culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, which made the movie really interesting. Yeah. Uh, because I, I'm not I, I'm really not a part of black culture. Like it took mm-hmm. a lot of me to understand what they were talking about. Yeah. And I think Spike Lee does a great job at bringing you into that culture as yeah. well. Uh, I, I, there's not one point in the movie where I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, I, I, get, I got it. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, I, I had a weird sense of nostalgia watching this movie mm. because it's not where I lived specifically, but where part of my family lived. Mm. That would be the type of Puerto Rican person that would be out in the street, ah. like with a beer in their hand and talking <laughs> shit to other people. Yes. And like, and that's, like, that's what I didn't think you were going to be able to relate to. Cause like you were telling me like when you were younger, you grew up like super rich. Right. And I was like, he's not going to get this, like this poor ghetto neighborhood, you know, when people, you know, living like this, I didn't, I thought that was going to be past you. No, but like, I, I, I didn't grow up directly in it, but my family was sort of in the, in the ghetto of Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, so like I grew up seeing that angry black man. So you got to corner. see it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. No, okay. I'm sorry. I got yeah. to experience it, yes. but I All wasn't right. part of it. Yeah. And, uh, and that ma- honestly, that made the movie like really enjoyable to me because mm. it allowed me to like see all these people interact and get what they were going on for, but yeah. not clouding my judgment of the movie based on my own experience. So it was, yeah. it's a really interesting movie to watch yeah. if you're not a direct part of that subculture, mm. uh, either Hispanic or black or Italian or whatever the fuck. It's, yeah. it's, it's like I'm a multicultural guy. Mm. So the movie was really fun because I understood a little bit of what everyone was doing. Yeah. And, and I, I think that heightens the, that, that made the movie better for me. Yeah. The um the the opening is it's very it's very music driven. Uh, mm-hmm. The very beginning of it, first song we hear is uh, "Lift Every Voice and Sing." Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a black spiritual, you know that. I, I guess it's like when 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 everything is down, it's just supposed to give you hope, you right. know that you know something good can happen in the future. That song plays first, then the very next song juxtaposed that one hundred and eight. Fight the power, right? Fight the power by Public Enemy, and this is the thing like. In the, the late 80s and the early 90s, like, people look at Flavor Flav like a clown at this point. You know, like, you, even you just laugh just now. Like, mm-hmm. I said, that's what people do when you say the name Flavor Flav. But did you know that was Flavor Flav you were listening to? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm saying. No <laughs> exactly. Like that. Hey, same was Public Enemy before? Um, it's uh, Chuck D and Flavor Flav. They oh. had a group together called Public Enemy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's like that back then, it's like that was a very strong song. Like, I was, that's, it outdates me. I was four years old when the movie came out. Right. You know, eight, 1989. But it's just like that was the world I was brought into. So by the time I can recognize anything at five, six, and seven, that world is happening. You know, fight the power, public enemy, salt and pepper um, is just very aggressive about black power and overcoming and caring right. about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just thought that was awesome. You have the the hopefulness of lift every voice and sing at the beginning of it, and then immediately going into a um, the anger that the anger that feeling. Yes, right? and yeah. the, that's the, the whole movie is juxtaposed through that. And mm-hmm. uh, the similarities I want to want to hit on is Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. You know, you get two separate sides of you know how we should approach this thing. You have Radio Raheem, uh, love hate. He right. has his has his love. Um, a love, uh, what would you call the brass knuckles, yeah, gold knuckles, love, hate. You have that lift every voice and sing, you know, the love. Then you have the fight, the power, which would be like a hate type thing, juxtaposition mm-hmm. on both sides. And it's 
the movie the movie goes back and forth between these power dynamics the entire movie until the the very end which you know where you were saying the um how everything just goes to shit like what the fuck just happened here <laughs> right you know and it's the the climax isn't isn't um isn't uh god damn it my radio raheem's death mm-hmm. the climax is uh, Mookie throwing the trash can into through Sal's into thing. Sal's gl- glass window. Mm-hmm. That is the climax because for for a moment everybody's just standing there, just like what the fuck is going to happen next? You know, it's just like everybody just looking at each other, and then he goes up and throws it in there and sets everything off. You know, and I, if you have the subtitles on, mm-hmm. right before he throws that trash can in, he says "hate" and then throws it in the window. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was that was. Uh, I love that scene for two reasons. Mm. One, it's always the part of me that likes to find the humor in, in everything. And I love the fact that Spike Lee, when he did that, he calmly went over to the trash can, took the bag out, mm. put the tran in the, the lid in the ground and picked up the trash bag and then did that. Yeah. I thought that was like a nice touch because it didn't feel like something he wanted to do. It felt like something that was the next available, like the next logical choice. Yes. Why, why, why do you think he did that? Uh, to save Sal. I think to, yes. to, to like not have Sal become the victim of the... Holy the, shit. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like they, there was a... Um um, what's the what's the movie uh, South Side, South Side with you? It's mm-hmm. a movie about uh, President Obama, former President Obama, and Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. They're on their first date, and they go see in 1989, do the right thing, and the whole crowd is white. And when they leave out, there's a group of white people asking Obama and Michelle, that's the only black people there. Right. It was like, well, the movie was good until Mookie threw the trash can in there. Why did he do that? He worked for him. He gave him. He paid him. Why did he destroy the thing? You know. And then Obama's explaining to him. He's like, you know, logically, had he not done that, then the mob would have just turned on South and killed yep. Sal, you know? And, and I, I, I got, that's, that's why I wasn't sure because I watched the movie and I was just like, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I understand this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after, yeah, it, it was totally like, he, he saw that he had to do it. Otherwise, Sal would have been the victim of, yeah. the, of the hate and it would have been the restaurant. Yeah. And, and like, if the movie had ended there, I probably would have been like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But then the movie had the next couple of scenes, which was when Mookie went to get paid mm-hmm. and Saw gave him 500 bucks. Yep. And he threw 200 back at them and said, I owed you 50. Yep. It was and, only business. Yeah, it was yep. business. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like that because I think it stood that we can't live together yeah. despite like, our moments of rage with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry this happened to you, whatever. But I, you know, I only wanted what's mine. The, there, there, there was a hardcore theme of um, what, what they talk about with um, racism versus uh, class. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm saying, uh, we talked about this some, some months back. I was angry at some neighbors and, uh, <laughs> you know, like, well, it's, you know, you, you can call, call them a bean or you can call <laughs> me a nigger because you're upset. But right. it, it's more to do about class. You know, so like Radio Raheem, he goes into uh, a pizzeria with his music blasting hardcore. Yeah. You know, it's just completely classless. And Sal, who you wouldn't think is just a... Um, I don't. I don't believe Sal believes himself to be a racist. Yeah, he's know? not a bad. Sal at his core is not a bad person. I think he appreciates the neighborhood he, he, for what it is. He's I, proud of it in a way. Yeah, uh, it's like I, it's 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 tough. Like he won. He uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for uh, best supporting actor in, mm-hmm. in this for this movie. I think he did an amazing job. It's hard for me to get to what his core is. Mm-hmm. You know, because at one point you see that um, at the end of the movie. Uh, there, there's four teenage type people, Martin Lawrence and his friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get inside the pizzeria. It's they're closed already, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Hey, let them in. They love my food. Yeah. You know, let them in." So you see, he has a good heart. These people, regardless of their color, they love the the service that I provide. Let them in. Right. Another scene. Um, Sal is talking to Mookie's sister. You know, a black lady, mm-hmm. and he's talking to her, and you can tell that he kind of wouldn't be. 
you know, opposed to having sex with her, right. you know, or just being interested in her sexually or, you know what I'm saying? Or relationship. I like, I like that. I like that phrasing. He wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> he wouldn't be opposed to it because yeah. not only he wouldn't be, he was enthusiastic about yeah. the idea, I yeah. would say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so you see that, but then in another scene it's um, you, you see him talking to, to black people cordially or talking to black people like, like they talk to him. The first yeah. interaction you get is uh bugging out. Mm-hmm. Bugging out is the guy with the, uh, the high top and the, the weird glasses. Mm-hmm. And you have one of, that's another thing I liked about the movie. Every character, you have one of these people in every like hood, uh, ghetto type of neighborhood or whatever. Yep. It's, you have one of these people. So, uh, so bugging out, he goes up there and he was like, yo, can I get some more mozzarella on this pizza? You know what's there? He was like, well, that's, that's an extra $2. You know, but the pizza costs $1.50. Yeah. The slice is $1.50. Extra cheese is $2. You know, so he's upset. He's Wait, this is important to me because mm-hmm. it bothered me the entire time. Yeah. Is it that adding extra cheese yes. costs $2? Added extra cheese. Or the slice which, with extra nope. cheese costs $2? He, no, they, I mean, they, they showed one where he just makes a pizza in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody came in, um, Radio Rahim came in, and uh, he ordered one slice. Mm-hmm. And then he came, he put the cheese on there, then threw the one slice into the, the, the oven. Mm-hmm. And then he really, he's like, put some extra mozzarella on that motherfucking shit. And it was like $2. And then and this, the thing leaves, so it's like I think he he makes it for the order. Okay, cool. You know that makes sense. But, but anyway, um, what was saying? small uh, thing to pick about. No, but it's, it's fucking important. It, it's important. Like yeah. that, that's the the continuity stuff is important. There's a um, there's a scene where uh, the mayor mm-hmm. the mayor is sitting down and um, the mayor is like the, the neighborhood drunk yeah. of, of the neighborhood. We all we all have those. We all have that one. Yeah. yeah. So um so he's he's sitting there. He wanders around the neighborhood. He goes to his odd jobs. He goes to Sal's uh, that morning. Um, and you would assume that it's something that he does like on a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to find money for his first beer of the morning, right? You know? And you can tell that's something he always does. So he goes there, he gets he gets the money, like two dollars or whatever. Goes to the Korean shop to buy a beer, and he notices there's no Miller, no Miller Light, <laughs> no High Life, no High Life, Miller yeah. High Life. Yeah. There's Miller Light, there's but Miller no Light, High life. no Miller High Life. Yep. It's like what the fuck? So she wants him to buy this like Miller Light, you know, or whatever <laughs> it is, like not the High Life. So he's getting pretty upset about it because he has to change his routine of something that I do all the time. I'm <laughs> drinking, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> yeah. you know, what are you doing later later in the movie where um the four teenagers and they they confront uh the mayor you know why, why are you just sitting here you drunk you know you don't you don't matter to the neighborhood you walk around acting like you own the neighborhood yada yada you know just getting in his face about it and then he tells a story about you don't know me you don't know right. all, all this stuff or whatever so by the time when the 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 tallest of, of the of the group the the one that's really antagonizing they're pulling him away and they was like hey don't worry about him he's he up there spilled drunk off that miller high life you know, they, they, he's like so the, they know that it's, it's, a, it's establishing a yes a world. Yeah, but it's like the thing is like we twenty minutes earlier, thirty minutes earlier, we seen that he didn't buy a Miller High Life. He's not drunk off Miller High Life right now. Right. He's drunk off Miller Light. But <laughs> it's, it's it's as if these people genuinely live in this world yeah. because on a normal day he would have been drunk off Miller High Life. You know, but it was I, I just like that continuity type thing. You it's know? it's that attention to detail that yes. gives a movie its realistic yeah. feel to it. Because I, I wasn't part of this culture directly, mm. but I've walked through the Hispanic neighborhood. There's yep. an old lady sitting in a fucking window, yeah. talking to everybody that goes by, yep. yelling at a drunk. Yep. The drunks walking by, trying mm. to get like a, the next fix. Yeah. It's like we've all been there in mm. that environment. At least you and like like people that understand this movie yeah. have been in that environment, mm. and it feels authentic, mm. mainly because we know that ecosystem and everything that happens in that ecosystem mm. is to, you know, it's like a feedback loop. It happens every day and it feeds into each other. Yeah. Like Sal giving this guy the dollar, mm. it's just like, maybe it's not the healthiest thing to do, mm. 
But he knows that it's it's the thing that happens now. So it's, it's like just give him the dollar, made him sweep, he can get his beer. Yeah, right? I mean it. Ju- it just keeps the thing going within the neighborhood. Yeah. It's like you're here in the neighborhood, and that's that's where we um where we first get our first conflict of interest is um they're all living in the neighborhood together, but you have. Italians, you have uh, Jewish people, you have black people, and you have Puerto Ricans. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I haven't seen such a mesh so well of black and Puerto Rican at least uh, since West Side Story. You mm-hmm. know where they really. Oh, and another thing I want to say. You know how upset I was. I think we were watching Logan, and I was like, if you're gonna have subtitles, if someone is speaking in another language, put the language in the goddamn they did subtitle. It. They did it. Yes, yeah. every time. Anytime somebody wasn't speaking English, they wrote it all down. So now I could just write down what you said in Spanish, type it into my yep. computer, and found out what you just said. I think the most prevalent word that any Puerto Rican said was pendejo. <laughs> pendejo, yes, that was a lot. I said that a lot. Yeah. It really did feel like a like a world inside mm-hmm. of the film, and I appreciated that. I really did. Yeah. I think that uh, Spike Lee does an amazing job in bringing the subtleties and differences of races mm-hmm. up to the highlight. Like yeah. they it highlights them so well mm-hmm. that it feels very natural. I've, I've been part of that ecosystem. We've mm-hmm. all been there. Yeah. And like the way that it happened, you're like, yeah, no, that makes sense. That totally happens all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like some some Puerto Rican dude, and he sees the Korean. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. This Korean got a nice business over here. I'm struggling. Like we've all heard that. Yeah. And I just I love that. Like, you can tell that it's someone that probably lived lived it. through yes. all of that. Yes. Yeah. There was a um. Let's say the first the first conflict is um. They're inside Sal's mm-hmm. and uh, bugging out. He's he's come to that restaurant. And matter of fact, he tells him. He says, "You come here three times a day." He's like, "What are you? What are you stupid?" It's a dollar fifty for the slice. Yeah. You know, it's just like setting that up. You know that you're here all the time. When he goes to sit down with his slice, he looks around seemingly for the first time and notices that there are no black faces on the wall in the middle of Bed Stuy, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You know, at a restaurant that is inhabited. Well, that um. That pretty much nothing but black people go to, right? You know, and there's no black faces. So, he, so bugging out, asking him, he was like, "What's up? Why is there no black faces? And we spend much money in here. Mm-hmm. All the black people spend much money. You can't get one black face on there. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, hell, Michael Jordan. I don't care. You gotta get somebody <laughs> Put a brother on up on that wall. Yeah. And then Sal was like, "Well, you know, this is my mess- restaurant. I want to celebrate my heritage. Mm-hmm. But the Frank Sinatra and Italians are gonna be up there. If you want to put black people on the wall, then make your own restaurant. You put black people up there. Mm-hmm. You know, bugging out is not having that shit." No. No, you know, not. to the point to where Spike Lee has to, has to kick him out, you know, tell him that you can't stay in here or whatever. So he said he's going to boycott Sal's mm-hmm. for the first time. And then we see later on how a boycott can happen. But um, an- another another thing that happened with with bugging out about the uh, the conflict of um, having different races so close together mm-hmm. in, in that melting pot is uh, they're all they're all in the street. Matter of fact, I want to jump even a little further back. Mm-hmm. So um, when it's so hot and then they take the fire hydrant and open the fire hydrant up yeah. and this is something experienced from hood shit and then having <laughs> to get the, the police or the fire department to come shut it down and then everybody running away type shit like we wasted water. Fuck your water, man. It's hot. <laughs> shit. But anyway, but yeah, but anyway, so um, so, so yeah, they were, they were out there with the fire, the fire hydrant and everybody's getting wet and having a good time and then some out-of-towner, some out-of-towner in a nice Cadillac comes driving up and he sees, no, 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 before that, before the out-of-towner comes up, Radio Rahim, mm-hmm. somebody that lives in the neighborhood. He's there with his, with his boombox, and everybody knows Radio Rahim. They call him by such. They see him. They acknowledge him, and he they goes on. They don't fuck with him. They don't fuck with him. Like he, yeah. and, and the reason is, like, he's bigger than mm-hmm. all of them. You know, he's a lot bigger. And it's like, even, even like in hood areas, like, you kind of pick on people, you fuck with people, right. but it's just like, he's not to be fucked with. He's kind of, he's got that stoic sort of personality, yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah. To where even like the, the four teenager type people that 
fucked with the mayor and everybody else, they knew Ready Rahim is off limits. Mm-hmm. You know, so Ready Rahim walks up with his boombox and he sees they playing in the water. He looks at him. Martin looks at him. He's like, "Oh, Ready Rahim, all right, you got it." And he stands in front of the water, and then Rahim walks through. You know, we'll talk about where he goes in a minute, but yeah. he walks through. And then there's another guy. He looks to be Italian, maybe. He's driving up in his new Cadillac, and he stops for a minute, and he sees the black kids over there. Was like, "Hey." Y'all better not get no water on, on my car. And then they're like, hey, man, it's cool. You got it. And right there, it's like, it put me back into, like, being the real life situation. Like, that's yeah. real life, you know, and me being that person with the water. And then as soon as he's saying, hey, don't get my car wet with a thing, like, I already seen the car. Mm-hmm. And I was not going to get it wet before you said anything. But. You know, but now now you said something. I'm like, no, okay, you got it. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not going to get your car wet. And then now he's like, hey, I'm serious. You better not get my fucking car wet. This is a nice car. Now, now you're your fucked. Car's you, and he doesn't understand that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because he's not part of this com- community, not part of this culture. You know, that you can't just fuck with people and think you're not going to get fucked with. Right. You know, so he finally drives through and they wet this car the fuck up. They drown the inside <laughs> of this car. You know, and then he, um, everybody runs off he, he calls the police the police is like um, hey ask the mayor he seen it he was sitting right there the whole time he seen everything and the mayor comes up he was like well it's my experience those that know don't tell and those that tell don't know <laughs> he's like what the fuck is up with this guy like the the writing of the movie really does a great job at, at sort of co- mm-hmm. like coalescing all of this multicultural yeah. things and like how they interact with each other mm-hmm. amazing but the, uh, I don't know, we haven't talked about this, and it's like Spike Lee's mm. decisions mm. that highlight the conflict of this movie. Mm. First of all, like every interior shot in the house yeah. is like really warm temperature. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like he is establishing even before you know that it's a hot day. Mm-hmm. It's a hot fucking day. Yeah. The temperature's hot. Yeah. The interiors are warm. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fucking sweaty and shiny as fuck throughout yeah. the entire movie. Even the exterior shots are lightly overexposed, mm-hmm. which is occluded, like the sun's like fucking hitting this yep. town. Which I thought was a really fucking nice touch. Like, yeah. purposely overexpose your shot for yes. a purpose. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. I love uh, Spike Lee's, like, decisions as mm. a director yeah. in this movie. I love his choice of character. Mm. I love how he, like... Like, it, it really comes down to authenticity. I think that the, the, the real plus that this movie has is authenticity. Very much. Uh, Spike Lee also has really weird camera angles and mm-hmm. camera setups... Yes. ...that normally would make me feel like, what the fuck... But they work for a Spike Lee movie because I feel like his character interactions, as authentic as they feel, are not necessarily realistic. Mm. And so the weird camera angle works to heighten that tension mm-hmm. and that emotion, but not necessarily ground you in reality. Mm. Uh, like the, the, the exchange that uh, Mookie had with uh, Sal about his sister. Yeah. That camera work was mm-hmm. amazing. Like, what the fuck was it? It was like a white lens super yeah. close to the people. Yeah. And, the, and because it is a white lens, the movement looks so surreal that you have no option but to feel like, oh, fuck, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like it builds up tension because of how he uses the camera. Yep. That's something a lot of filmmakers can't do. That's, that's the number one thing he's known for yeah. is uh, his camera work. And it's fucking incredible. Yeah. And like I've, I've, I've seen Spike Lee's camera work before, but I've mm-hmm. never seen a cohesive Spike Lee movie from yeah. beginning to end. Yeah. And it really is, it, it's a masterful skill how he oh, uses yeah. the camera to give, you the, the, to give you the feeling that he wants. It's, yeah. And I fucking loved it. So good. There was, let's see, uh, 
uh, I was trying to get, I'm trying to get to the point to where, oh no, no, Radio Rahim, mm-hmm. when, uh, so when Radio Rahim walks through the, uh, the water area mm-hmm. and he, he has this, um, and like I said, there's, there's a person like Radio Rahim fucking everywhere. Like I, I had a speaker, a speaker box back then. <laughs> I wrote a rap about Radio Rahim that I still memorize to this day. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Radio Rahim goes through and he has a speaker box and he's walking through to the Puerto Rican area of the neighborhood and they're, they're listening to their music. They're listening to salsa and you know, they got their boom box on top yeah. of the car and they're jamming. And so, uh, Radio Rahim just walks up and he just stands there. Doesn't say nothing. Just keeps his music playing. And they look at him and like, what the fuck, man? We're trying to listen to our salsa. What the hell, man? What the fuck? And then the guy gets up and it's like living in those situations. Like, you already know what this is. This is not about to be a fight. It's a music competition. Yeah. You know, you, you like, people, I don't know if people still do it Who in cars. Who can be louder? Yeah. 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 Like, that used to happen all the time. We used to do it in cars. So you pull up on a car, turn that shit up max level, then look at the guy and then see if he can match your, your sound. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah. So that he goes up, whatever. Puts the music up on top of the, um, it's on top of the car. The uh, the Puerto Rican guy turns his all the way up with a salsa, and you hear that shit going. They're like, yeah, man, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> then then fucking um, uh, Radio Rahim turns the Public Enemy full blast, and it just drowns out everything Fuck else. The power. Yeah, and uh, the Puerto Rican guy looks at him. He's just like. Right, you, got, you, you got it, bro. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then Raheem was like, yeah. I was like, I just won that exchange. It was like a little a competition thing. Mm-hmm. Radio Raheem walks off. He's happy, puts his fist in the air. There's a little black kid that's like five <laughs> that runs up. He's like, yeah, you got it. You the man. You know, and then as he's walking off, you know, all, all the other uh, guys that get up from the stoop and they start talking shit and, you know, yelling at him as he's leaving. But right, Raheem doesn't turn around and get angry. It's like he understands. It's like it would be like a basketball game. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you, you play the game. As soon as it's over, you shake hands, you say good game and then that's it yeah, like leave. and then you leave attraction yeah yeah ex- exactly so it's like all that shit talking or whatever i'm not phased by that like i just won the game you know as he walks right. off i love that scene uh I, I, give me a second i'm off the fucking microphone uh i think my favorite moment uh <laughs> my favorite insult it's just like the dialogue the puerto rican guys are really funny because mm-hmm. in that scene uh and this is <laughs> this is definitely where we tell our coaches apart because uh, you were paying attention to what Radio Rahim was doing, but I was paying attention to what the Puerto Rican do- people were saying. Mm-hmm. And so, like, one of the funniest interactions I heard was, like, ta cara de chocolate viene aquí a joder con la música. Oh, which means it's, like, chocolate, chocolate face. Oh, chocolate face. Uh, <laughs> it's coming to fuck without music. music. Yeah. And, like, I don't know why. Like, it was, like, the smallest moment in the movie that made me go, like... <laughs> No, yeah, uh, but that's 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 what I was that's what I've been like having a problem with with other movies. It's like I wrote that down like mm-hmm. into my computer and to find out what they're saying, mm-hmm. you know. But otherwise, that humor misses me. Yeah, you, you know. Not. And it's like Spike Lee, he wants you to know that these people, like this this black person, may understand what they're saying, you know, to a certain extent because mm-hmm. he lives with this every day. Yeah. You know, it's like he might not have gotten everything, you know, with that chocolate fas. How do you say faces? Faces. Uh, cara. Cara. Mm-hmm. Cara de chocolate means chocolate C- face. Cara. Yep. C A R A. What is it? What is faces? Uh, uh, it depends. It depends how you say it. Uh, it may be faces. Like, yeah. Or it may be like appearance. You know, it depends. It, it really there depends. was a show I love called Mujer de Faces, and I thought it was Woman of Many Faces. No, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. What the fuck is. are you here for then? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Listen, telenovelas are fucking weird, man. I'm not part of that shit. You fucking figure it out. You Google it. <laughs> uh, l- lastly, yeah, there was there was something I really like with um that Pino says um, played by John Totoro. 
um, he, he, he says he has a lot of hate and anger, you know, in him. And he talks to his dad about this. Like, mm -hmm. why do you have so much hate inside you? And he tells me, it was like, whenever I go to my friends and everything, they're like, yeah, why don't you go back to work and, and serve those niggers, serve mm -hmm. those moolies, you know, the, the, the piece or whatever. They look down on him because of the area that he lives in and the, the people that he's subject to, mm -hmm. you know, feeling like they're better than, you know, different races being Italian. Right. You know, so it's like he has that hatred, but it's not because he hates black people. It's because he feels inferior because of his friends. Right. Uh, Spike Lee uh, brought, brings it up to him. He was like, man, who, your, who's your, your favorite actor? Eddie Murphy. You know, who's, who's, your, favorite, um, who's your favorite singer? He was like, it was Prince. Prince. He was like, no, it's Bruce. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. He was like, no, it's Prince. It's, Prince. it's fucking, Prince. fucking Prince. He was like, you're, all your favorite people are fucking black. He was like, well, they're, they're not black. You know, they're, they're not, they don't count as black. They're, yeah. they're different. You know, it's on television. And that's something like that I was, would think about like being in first, second, and third grade, how, you know, like the South Park thing we were talking about, when you're darker skinned, then you're treated, you know, a lot differently. Mm -hmm. And, and these black people were, were not looked at like they were, me, you right. know, they were looked at like they were better than everything else, and it was very weird for people to have that interpretation. Right, that's of almost that. like they had transcended. Yeah, what people thought would be commonly black or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, that being said, my favorite exchange that came out of that conversation was. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you and fuck Frank Sinatra. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was fuck like, Frank fuck Sinatra. you and fuck Michael, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, and that's another thing I really appreciate about this movie. Mm -hmm. As serious as it gets, yeah. it's not afraid to be funny. Yeah. Because that's what real life is. Real yeah. life is a lot of serious situations oh, yeah. that people try to always undercut with humor. Mm -hmm. And, and, I, and I, I love the authenticity in that facet of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I think the, I don't know why Spike Lee does this a lot, but he uses Dutch angles a lot too. Yeah. Uh, don't know why. I associate it with horror movies, mm. uh, which is why every time I watch a Spike Lee movie, I'm always a little bit uneasy when I see a Dutch angle. Mm. I don't know if that's the intended effect. Definitely intended. Uses a, that is yeah. I mean, there, there was a scene at the the very beginning of it, and it's like what reason? I, the reason I liked it so much mm -hmm. is because you can see the preparation and the planning behind it. Right. Like it's just it's not just something that you like. All right, let's shoot this, and then you're panning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you can't just go into panning and then go to Dutch angle and then go back to upright. You right. know, that's that's preparation every single time. So there, there's one with the uh, newspapers at the beginning of the movie, and he's trying to let you know how hot it is. Yep. You know, but at the same time, he's letting you know the different kinds of people that are in this neighborhood. Because there's four different types of newspapers yeah. targeted for four different. One kinds is of like people. K Color, you know, it's mm -hmm. fucking hot. You know, another one is showing the melting apple instead of mm -hmm. the big apple. You know, it's showing different ones, and then the, while it's panning, it also does a Dutch angle to go on another newspaper that's mm -hmm. you know not facing that angle. Right. You know, so it's like. It doesn't do anything for me as far as um, pro progressing the story, the Dutch angle, mm. but it does show like that you're skilled and you know that what you're doing. But yeah. he, he, I think it's interesting because when he does it with people, mm. it's always I felt like at least for me, it was always preceding a confrontation of some sort. Mm. It was always sort of like when Roddy Raheem walked into the store mm. uh, with uh, bugging out. Yeah. Uh, that was probably the most dramatic Dutch angle that there was. Okay. Like that was pretty much almost like vertical. Yeah. Uh, the camera was almost sideways in that one. So, mm. like, you can see. And the fact that he does it with a wide lens mm. puts everything that's happening in the foreground way into the foreground. Oh, yeah. It's Dutch. Uh, you are immediately uncomfortable yes. when you're, you're faced with that. Yeah. And not only that, but he does it when he does singles, I, too. Mm. When, like, Sal and Radu Rahim are having their first confrontation about the extra she's and turning on the music the first time. Yeah. That is a really dramatic close-up with a really wide lens in a really Dutch angle. Yeah. And I, 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 that attention to, like, 
make you unsettled by just using the way a camera works mm -hmm. is something that a lot of filmmakers have lost, I think. Yeah, I agree. And that's part of the reason I was talking about it earlier. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why I admire it because it knows how to use the camera to its benefit. Yeah. And I think Spike Lee, being so fucking young, mm -hmm. he knows a lot about the cinema of language. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it, I mean, that's something that you have to admire whether or not you like Spike Lee as a director. Mm -hmm. He knows how to get you to feel something yeah. by using the camera. Yeah. And that, not a lot of filmmakers know that. No. Oh, and no. it's sad. Uh, the the last thing I wanted to say about uh, this is the the Koreans, you know, because mm -hmm. like I said, we had the Italians, we had the blacks, <laughs> we had the the Puerto Ricans, but there's Koreans there as well, you know. And uh, earlier in the movie, uh, Radio Rahim he goes to buy some batteries. Mm -hmm. No, well, even before that, Sweet, that was like halfway through the movie. Yeah, at the, mm -hmm. uh, more more towards the beginning, uh, Sweet Dick Willie, played by Robin Harris. Yeah. Robin Harris was. Have you, have you ever heard of a guy named Bernie Mac? Yeah. Okay. Well, are you familiar like with that? He's funny. Yeah, I know who Bernie Mac is. Okay, yeah. B yeah. Bernie Mac is the funniest. He had that, he had that bit in, in Def Jam. It was like, I ain't afraid of you, right? Yeah, you know yeah. yeah. He, he, he was in the Kings of Comedy. Mm -hmm. But it's like, just imagine if Dave Chappelle and Kevin Hart, like, had a baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how to quantify, like, how much bigger this guy, was. this guy was than Kevin Hart or Dave Chappelle. Hmm. Way funnier than Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle will tell you like how much funnier this guy is. Hilarious. And not like underground like, well, if he wouldn't have died, then we would have seen how funny he was. He had this show called The Bernie Mac Show. He was on the Kings of Comedy. Mm -hmm. The guy is fucking hilarious. But anyway, there's a guy named Robin Harris. Bernie Mac's not in this movie. <laughs> right, yeah, of course. There's a guy named Robin Harris. This guy is the person that, that people will be like, he's the funnier than everybody, but he died way too early. Right. You know, he was a Bernie Mac type person mm -hmm. um robin harris he his character's name is sweet dick willie and he is hilarious in this fucking movie he is, uh, i think my favorite moment of him i think mm -hmm. this might be what you're leading up to when he goes mm -hmm. up to the korean goes like hey kung fu give me a beer <laughs> yeah. he was like hey, oh, no you know no more free beer no more free beer and he was like no no more free beer for you sweet dick that, that's right my name's sweet dick willie that's my name <laughs> <laughs> no my, uh, my my favorite scene with him is right before that they're um they're right and i love that red brick wall because you know it's not a red brick wall there yeah. like that's purpose like you had to paint that guy them uh, wall that bright color red you yep. know for the for the scene and um they're sitting there and one of the older older men and it's just showing the dynamic in this in this neighborhood the older people the middle-aged and the younger people and this older black man is sitting there sweating profusely and it was like yeah you know one day the polar ice caps are gonna melt because it's so hot and then all this water is gonna be everywhere and there's gonna be flooding and then y'all ain't gonna be able to come to me when when i got my boat and it was like what the fuck you 30 cents short of having a uh, having a quarter how the fuck are you gonna have a boat yo broke ass like they go into roasting them and it's just like that's what you know being in the hood was like and it was like me I would have been the polar ice caps person yeah. and then all of my friends would have been the person telling me I'm a retard <laughs> you know? and that's what they did to him just completely was like shut him all the way down and um, the other thing with the Koreans uh, real mm -hmm. quick um, so so um, Ready Rahim goes into Boston Batteries. He was like, give me 20D energizers. And then she's like, a 20C energizer? He's like, no, a 20C, not D. And she's like, C energizers? <laughs> he was like, no, Just D. a whole miscommunication. No, he was, like, <laughs> he was like, no, D, motherfucker, D. Learn to speak English, all right? And she was like, how many you say? 20, motherfucker, 20. And he was like, no, motherfuck you. Motherfuck me. Motherfuck me. Motherfucker, you all right? <laughs> just, just give me the twenty batteries. So I get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, it was like that. It's like they didn't understand. Like, um, I don't know. It's like the Koreans were able to adapt. They understood the um, the aggression. Like, like th these people are are upset because they're they're downtrodden. They're oppressed, and they're that fight the power, that energy that they need to get out of this hole. Just they carry with them 
every day at all times. And that plays out. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, just, thought. no just, and, and it, it carries out. So it's like when he's speaking to this Korean, mm-hmm. he's not speaking to him like, oh, I hate you. I'm going to kick your fucking ass. He's speaking to him just like, this is how I speak. You right. know, and it was like, oh, the Korean was like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, motherfucker, motherfucker, <laughs> you. Like, I get it. And you see another one where um, there's a white guy. He, he he's, he's jogging down the street. You know, he's on his bike. bike and he yeah. runs over um, bugging out shoe. And he interacts with him like, what's, what's the problem? My bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and then he was like, I'm just going to go back into my house. I ran over your shoe. This is not a big deal. Right. You know, he, he handles it like somebody that lives there. Mm-hmm. You know, like if that would have been another black person that ran over his shoe, he, he would have did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my bad. You yeah. know? I'm fucking sorry. Yeah. That was my, uh, my one of my other favorite interactions in the movie because mm-hmm. after the going down the stairs, yeah. uh, <laughs> bugging out shows up on camera and it's like that weird underside angle with like a, the fucking wide lens close up mm-hmm. and you hear <laughs> bugging out is talking to him and then fucking seven other like black kids they show run up, up on, and start yeah. antagonizing That's how it the white yeah. guy. Yeah. It's just like yeah. what the fuck is happening? Yeah and it's like the, 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 the like the other people around mm-hmm. him they're just like hype man just instigators yeah. because they're like kick his ass beat his ass like none of them are gonna do anything. You might you as well know? throw your shoes out them shits bro. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that's that's completely how it is. Completely for no reason. Because they want to see some action. Like you're you're sitting here out on the streets. You got you got the whole day. I'm trying to see something. Yeah. And then, but the, <laughs> they're antagonizing this white guy for living in their side of the neighborhood yeah. on their side of the street. Yep. And then it's like, what the go- fuck are you doing here? Motherfuck gentrification. Yeah. Why don't you move back to Massachusetts? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was just it's it's fucking it's a great movie simple concept for mm. a movie it's hot people are angry mm. and it explodes into violence but it's a great character study into how different race races yeah talk to each other and coexist to, with each other and even antagonize each other there which was is great there was a another the lastly on the Co- korean so mm. at the end when they burned down sal's pizzeria you know and they're just mob mentality at this point that they're was doing, a, that was what i was going to bring up when yeah. i interrupted you i'm yeah. sorry they're just it was just mob mentality mm-hmm. and then they're going they're they're looting the uh the sows of money and anything valuable they can take out of it and burning it down mm-hmm. and then they turn and they see the korean store and they have been talking you've seen a number of interactions with them and the koreans throughout mm-hmm. the movie and they turn to him, and they're about to they're about to start it off. And then one of the old people, the the older groups, uh, the older men, they come to the forefront, and they're talking shit to the Koreans. The Koreans are like, no, we're not different. We're the same. Mm-hmm. We're black. I'm black. And then it was like, no, motherfucker, you ain't black. We're black. And then it's like, as they're, they're, the black people behind them are looking at it, and then you can kind of see where the energy is. Mm-hmm. It's just understanding. It was like, no, you're not white. You're not. If if me and you have an all right, so go That's back what, to... I think, I think I know what you're getting at. Yeah, if, uh, if you yeah. go to the Radio Rahim incident, when you have an, uh, an altercation between one person and another person, then you call in somebody that has nothing to do with this area, a white person that does not understand this area. And right. because you don't understand this area, now one of ours are being killed. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something that I noticed in Africa, that the police officers were all black, and they understood how to interact with these people. So when they seen this crazy person that was doing some shit in front of all of the public, they were like, no, we know how to... Uh, handle this situation yeah, right. we don't have to beat him over the head and drag him through the street and press him his neck to the ground you know it's like they understand how to handle it so when they were dealing with this korean they've had so many interactions with this korean and anytime they've had an interaction they deal with it with each other right you know and sal they, that's what like you didn't have to call the police you didn't have to do this this and this you know the koreans have never gotten anybody else involved besides them the white guy that ran over over um over bugging out shoe no he didn't call the cop he dealt with it himself the guy that the, the, oh, the cops are just there. 
Yeah, the, yeah, the cops. The, the what's the name? The uh, the outer towner that um that had his car with water all over it. He called the cops. Right. That's you know what, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the white guy that that, that lives there, mm-hmm. you know, people that live. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you're you know what I'm saying? Like outer towner people was like, okay, no, you're not one of us. This Korean person like, okay, well, you're not technically black, but you're one of us. I, I think I think at that point the word when he said we uh, we black, black, I'm black. Mm-hmm. I think that what that interaction was like like the word black mm-hmm. was used synonymously with oppressed. Oppression. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was a really nice touch as to what the whole thing was about. Yeah. I listen. I I think this movie uh, does a really fascinating thing that not a lot of filmmakers or writers are mm. trying to do, or even or are willing to do. I think would be the right way to say it. Mm. A lot of filmmakers don't try to explore the things that make us people. Yeah. And or like or or they do, but they don't do it to these minorities or mm. like this specific brand of people. Yep. Yeah. And I think that that's where this movie gets a lot of its credit. Mm. It, it treats everyone with authenticity. Yeah. It treats the culture with authenticity. Yeah. It knows how these people are interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, it fills you, the audience, with a sense of understanding that if you're not part of the culture, you might get a new understanding out of yes. it. But if you are part of the culture, you know exactly you what the movie is. Yeah. And it, it's, it's nice. It's a nice touch. I think it's a very, very good movie. Mm-hmm. I think the writing didn't do a lot for me. Like The story was pretty much meh. Okay. But the way that the story was explored and the way that the... And by me, I mean that it's not a complicated story. It's not faffy. It's, it knows what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this direct thing that they're exploring. Yeah. But the way that it was explored was done so well yeah. that I think it counteracts any problem that I have with the, the plot, mm-hmm. as you would say. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And Spike Lee's camera work is amazing. Oh, yeah. And I can I I don't know if I watch another Spike Lee movie mm. other than like what else has he directed? Everything. I'm not gonna do this Everything. right now. And nothing, okay. No. <laughs> uh, so like I don't know if I've seen other Spike Lee movies, yeah. but definitely uh, his camera work is part of like if if it, this movie wasn't directed by Spike Lee, I don't think it would have been nearly as successful. Mm. Uh, that's kind of my spiel right. on it. One out of ten. Uh, there's a, there's another like solid eight point five to me. All right. Yeah. Uh, nine point one. Nine point one. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was, the, the thing was like when when you said like one part like triggered because I was yeah. like uh, it, it it made me think about like if I showed somebody a Christopher Nolan movie mm-hmm. and it was like this is a really good movie I don't know if I'll ever watch another Christopher Nolan movie you know but this was good you know it was no like, I don't say if I don't I didn't think if I were ever watch it I just mm-hmm. think I've watched another one oh if you have ever yeah, watched I, okay yeah. I was like shit no, no. like like wow I don't <laughs> think I've seen another Spike Lee okay, movie is what yeah. I meant to say okay but I'll definitely watch another Spike Lee okay. movie I think it's a fantastic director yeah. I just don't know if I have. Okay. So 8.5 for me. Yeah. 9.1. 9.1. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, doesn't that was do the right thing? That was a, fucking watch it if you haven't seen it. Hell yeah. It's in the Criterion Collection, so it's it's one of the few Criterion movies that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. Two two. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Two Criterion movies. I enjoy. Yeah. Did you? Uh, have I, you? I think that I, what, what, the box that I put you in last night, as I was doing doing this right. watching, I was like, I think it has to be 1985 and <laughs> earlier. Exactly. Because anything before 1985 that's Criterion is you're gonna be like, this is too pretentious, too faffy. Yeah. You know. <laughs> too faffy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because the, the, there's a change in philosophy of filmmaking at that mm. point. And it stops trying to be about what uh, philosophical concept I can make. Mm. And it starts being, how can I explore people? Um, I think. Depending on the movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, third strands and shit. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that was Do the Right Thing. We're yes, going to go yeah. to television and movie premieres for this week. And then, you know, you know the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, go ahead, do your thing. Well, and welcome back. Uh, fuck me. This is what I always do. Welcome back. Fucking television and closing premieres. All right. Do your thing. God damn it. And uh, we're back on uh, television <laughs> and movie premieres uh, Tuesday, September the 19th through Monday, September the 25th. Uh, starting Tuesday, <laughs> September the 19th is Jerry Before Seinfeld. It's a, uh, it's a special. It's a comedy special on Netflix. Uh, the one-hour stand-up special finds Jerry Seinfeld performing some of his earliest material. Um, they say a second stand-up special with all new material will follow next year. So basically Netflix paid Jerry Seinfeld to do an hour special of all the comedy that he did before the show Seinfeld that people didn't see. All right. <laughs> yeah. And they gave him another how many millions of dollars to do a second stand-up with new material. I guess the that's thi- interesting. It's not. Or the thing is, yeah. I mean, it depends on age. Like, yeah. like for you, like I, I, I would doubt you've seen a, a Jerry Seinfeld stand up. I've seen him do stand up, but I never watched Jerry do stand up. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's like a lot of his jokes from um, like now we just kind of oh, what's the deal with uh, you know what I'm saying? It's what's just, the deal with answering machines? Yeah, we've yeah. we've made a caricature of him, yeah. you know. But for a good five to six years in the early '90s, he was actually a good comedian. Yeah. But you just don't really see his stand up from back then, you know, up here anymore. So I mean, I guess if his old material is new for you, then it's good. But if not, then... It's just, it's just interesting because at that point, that old material, I mean, comedy is very topical. Mm, yes. There's not a lot of comedy that you can perform 20 years later. Jerry's you can. Jerry, yeah. Jerry doesn't perform blue. So it's like there's no cuss words and everything is very relatable, like family, mm. to where, you know, you can always talk about your family. I you guess. Can, you can. Yeah. Like, you, everybody's always going to have a family. That's true. <laughs> you know, he talks about things that doesn't go away. You mm. know, so it's like the jokes are timeless, but they're very... Um, uh, I don't. I don't know mayonnaise. <laughs> you know, like this. I mean, it's like, they're very mayonnaise because there's no seasoning, there's no spice, very there's bland. no umph. It's just very bland, like family. It's like um, uh, what's your, what's your guy that you like? Uh, I don't know if you like him or not. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, he's like, he's like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. It's like the, every, it's very safe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's how Jerry Seinfeld stuff is. It's very, very, very safe. So uh, his stuff can last forever, but it's just. No, it, it'll be weird. I, I'm I'm not a huge Jerry Seinfeld. Fan people that are fans of him probably enjoy that, but I'm not into. It. I'm a, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a huge Seinfeld show fan, but but I mean that's produced by um, by Larry David. Well, she, he's hilarious. Larry yeah. David is hilarious. So it's like that's produced by Larry David. I don't I don't like anything. Well, nope. I like uh, driving a car, driving a car as a comedian, getting coffee. That's so. pretty good. Yeah. Whatever. All right. That's uh, Jerry before Seinfeld. It's a comedy on Netflix on Tuesday, September the nineteenth. Uh, the next thing is going to be the same day. The Jim Jeffries Show. It's a comedy on Comedy Central like at ten thirty p.m. Jim Jeffries is dope. Yeah. Like an Australian dude. <laughs> He's all right. Uh, the next thing is going to be Wednesday, September the 20th, The Good Place. Uh, thanks so much, Camille. I don't know if Camille listens to the show anymore, but uh, if, if, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're listening to Camille. She posted about that on Facebook. The Good Place. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she told me when she when she was here with uh, with Devin however long ago that was, that was she she recommended the Good Place to me I watched it on the plane on the way to Africa and now it's on Netflix uh, season one uh, it's a really good show the the premise behind it is um what's the girl's name Kristen Bill she she dies but uh, she accidentally goes to the Good Place where she believes is heaven you mm-hmm. know and while she's there um, she's seeing all these different good people or whatever but then she finds out that she's not really in the Good Place she's in hell. You know, by the okay. hope I didn't spoil that for anybody that hasn't watched every episode. But um, but after seven episodes of her believing that she's in heaven, all right. So the premise. So imagine, imagine somebody that's a terrible person in life, mm-hmm. and then they go to heaven, and then all the things that are surrounding them are things that a good person would love. 
Right. You know, but because you're a terrible person, these good things are terrible for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you feel like you're in heaven, but all these good things or whatever that you don't like is torture for you. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the season, she realizes that, no, this is actual hell. Like all the things that are good, they're put there because she hates them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So she she realized that she's not in a good place. She's actually just in hell. Oh, oh and they, shit! And the hell has been made into a version of heaven that would be hell for her. Yeah. So it, it turns out to be all right. That sounds interesting. Though. It is. It is. Yeah. I spoiled the whole season for you if you haven't seen it. But I, season two is going to be her being in hell with a guy named Adam Scott. He's the devil. I love it. I like Adam Scott. He's, he's the devil he's of hell. He's he's awesome. Uh, but that's The Good Place. It's going to be a comedy on um, NBC at 10 p.m. Wednesday, September the 20th. Uh, the next thing is Friday, September the 22nd. Fuller House. Fuller House. They yeah. had Full House, but not that wasn't full enough. House. That, yeah. that Full House was not full enough. <laughs> you know, they have to have a sequel. If they had, hold on, hold on, hold on. Follow, 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 follow me, follow me. All right, so they have Full House. Yeah. All right. So then you have a sequel, <laughs> yeah. and then that is Fuller House. Yeah. If you were to have, to have a sequel to Fuller House, what would that be? Fullest House. The Fullest House? <laughs> the <damn> Fullest House. <laughs> That's what I want now. I want the Fullest House. The Fullest House. You can't even so it's stop. It's going to be like 20 years from now, and like all the actors that are in there now yeah. are going to be the father figures, yeah. and like the grandchildren are going to be the... The kids and the whole thing. I don't yes. know how that fucking works. I don't either. I don't either. But I want f- the fullest house. The I want. Fullest I want house. that. That's a, but that's Fuller House is a comedy on Netflix. It's coming back for a second or third season. Uh, Friday, September the twenty second. Mm-hmm. People actually like the show. They actually like it. I mean, yeah. It's I like Full House. I haven't really watched Fuller House. I'm not. I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, same day, September the twenty second. Here's something that I bet we'll both be watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaga, five foot two. Mm. It's a documentary music. A musical on Netflix. Fucking about Lady Gaga? It's a documentary that that examines a year in the life of pop star Lady Gaga. Fuck yeah, we'll be watching that. You're damn right. Fucking love Lady Gaga. It's, it's, It's coming like four or five years too late. Like, I was obsessed with Gaga 2011-12. That was a monster album, right? Yeah, yeah, the the fame monster. I was obsessed, man. Like, I would have, I would have done a lot of things to, (laughs) to be one of her little monsters back then, man. I would have done a lot of things. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, we, we were out, uh, we were out a couple weekends ago, uh, singing karaoke, and I was straight up just singing Lady Gaga. Dude, that's the best way to go. Man. If, yes. if you're gonna karaoke something, you're goddamn right, it has to be Lady Gaga. Yes. She's just so singable. Like, you're yeah. just walking in your car, and just like fucking singing. The song uh, "Manicure" with Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, for Art Pop album. Yes, that song makes me feel like I'm a sexy bitch walking down the street. It's Hell fucking yeah. amazing. That's what I'm saying. Like, why can't I be sexy? Right? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> That's awful. Fuck masculinity. You yes. toxic masculinity bullshit. That, that, that's the thing. It's like, I, I believe that I'm a masculine person, but yeah. I think that masculinity has to be redefined. Yeah. You same. know, it's like ma- masculinity for me is just being comfortable within your own skin as a male. Yeah. You know, and like that, that's anything. Like you can be gay, straight, bi, anything with, within that. And you can be the most masculine person ever yeah. as long as you own yourself completely and aren't afraid of that. You know, so I, I totally yeah. agree. I think toxic masculinity is going to be the death of culture. <laughs> At one point, the death of reason. Sorry, not culture. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I fucking hate toxic masculinity, and I think it's so important to acknowledge that part of what makes you like masculine is your inherent feminine femininity. 
I just just yeah. ex- a, a being accepting of, of every part of yeah. you. You know, we were um, while we were in the the karaoke thing. I'm sitting there, whoa, and singing super high notes. And there's a guy that was in the military, and uh, we we only talk military stuff with each other. Mm-hmm. And then he's looking at me as I'm hitting like high notes and <laughs> higher notes, and like tries to kind of like make fun of me a little bit right. to see if I'll be embarrassed by it. And I'm just like, no, I just sing louder and higher <laughs> and get start being kind of gay with him to make him uncomfortable. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna. <laughs> I'm too old for this now, man. Like I'm, I'm too. Like I'm not the 13 year old that tries to. That's that feels ashamed of the, that of who I am. Right. You know, it's like, and I, I feel like the sooner, and that's 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 what sucks is because there's another 13 year old version of me and you, and or or everybody out there that hasn't found that within themselves to completely accept themselves yeah. and say, fuck you, I don't care what you think. Like, right. this is who I am. And and then they just, they ball themselves up more and more into themselves and only let the world see what they feel like is, is acceptable. Right, and that's fucking heartbreaking. Yes. That is heartbreaking. Because if 13-year-old me knew that the shit that I liked would be cool right now, yeah. I would not give a shit. Exactly. Uh, so much anxiety would have been avoided. Yes, man. Like, fuck. So, for fuck all the 13-year-olds out there, you should first of all, you shouldn't be listening to this, but... Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. But you know, we're like we're there. It just it, do it. it, it accept accept yourself one hundred percent like and just deal with deal with the ridicule. And I don't know, if you're if you're in that dark place, just find find the things in you that, that you love and harness that shit. Yeah, and it's, reach out to the people that enjoy those things. Those same because things. those people are the ones that are gonna like foster your love for them. Yeah. Uh, like like the kid that, that's a film nerd right mm. now, the thirteen year old, the people are making fun of him because he's only been watching movies every day of the week when yeah. he goes home for school. Fuck it, you do that. Yes, you fucking do that. Yep, we are out there, man. We get it. Yes, that's um that's Gaga, five foot two. It's gonna be on Netflix. A documentary Friday, September the twenty second. I'm be excited about that. Hell yeah. How the fucking documentary Lady Gaga turned into like, <laughs> like a pep talk for a thirteen yeah. year old kid. I mean, Gaga does that. She's very she inspiring. Does. Like she, yeah. she was. That was kind of like my my coming out party. You know, not <laughs> not as like a gay man, but as a, a man that accepts every part of myself. Yeah, same. You know, I, I, I remember when I went to go buy the Fame Monster. I was dating this uh, girl in California. We went to Best Buy, and I went to buy the album, and she's standing right beside me. And the cashier was like, "Oh, you're getting your uh, your girlfriend this album. This is really good." And then I was like, "No, this is this is for me." <laughs> And then the conversation just stops. <laughs> no, this is for me. This is my shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's um, that's the Gaga. Uh, the next show is going to be the same day, Friday, September the twenty second. Transparent. It's a um, it's a show on com- It's a comedy on Amazon. This is their fourth season. I is, mean, they're still going. This strong. isn't the one. This isn't the one that got kicked out of that coffee shop, right? This is that was Portlandia. Portlandia, yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, so trans- transparent. That's a. I think I know this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I was caping up for this uh, in season one. Uh, Jeffrey mm-hmm. Tambor. Uh, he plays a man that was has been married for quite a while, and then he realizes. Well, I don't know if it's a realization. It's something that he kind of always knew, but he was able to the accepting of himself. Mm-hmm. He was able to fully embrace himself and uh, become a woman, and it deals with. Um, it just shows everything he's had to deal with in that transition. Um, ba- bathroom laws, um, the way that he's treated, you know, because of his transition. Family, how family interacts with him after that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for any... And, and the, all the writers and all the actors, everybody that's involved with the show are part of the LGBTQ community. Like, cool. everybody is super authentic. I mean, I'm not a part of the community, but it's just... I love... I mean, if you're an ally, you're kind of part of the community. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I mean, it's, it's 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 very authentic. It's very great. I love Transparent season one and two. I can vouch for. I didn't mm-hmm. see season three. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, it's back for season four. Um, Sunday, September the twenty fourth, Star Trek Discovery. 
Oh, fuck. There's another thing happening? The first Star Trek series since Enterprise was launched in 2001. This is why I've been watching n- all the Star show. Treks. I had to go back and, and watch the original series, Next Generation, Enterprise, Voyager, and Deep Space Nine. Is this uh, the female-led? Yes. Is this a female? Okay, yeah. cool. I remember you talked about this briefly yep. one time. Yeah, man. Like, Fuck I, yeah. I cannot wait. So now they're, they're set, they're set uh, even further in the future than we've had any Star Trek happen uh, before, and now they're going to be in the middle of a war with the Klingons, which is something that we've only gotten in one Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And they try to stay away from series where you're in the middle of war, but that's what we're getting in this one right here. It looks very. Um, is J.J. Abrams the one that, that directed the first Star Trek movie that recently? He, he didn't direct the second one. I'm just thinking about the first one. The first one, okay. the second one. I mean, just any of those ones. But I mean, it looks right. very J.J. Abrams e. If you if you've seen any Star Trek before right. on television, it doesn't look like the Star Trek movies. And this right. new Star Trek television show looks like what the Star Trek you movies think that's a look like. Good thing. I'm personally not a big... Because I, I didn't like a lot of the Star Trek movies. I like the first Star Trek movie. Loved the first Star Trek movie. Yes. It's rated like a 90-something overall on Rotten Tomatoes. The, yes. This, but the, you, you might be thinking about Into the Darkness or something. No, no, no. Into Darkness. I hated that one. But mm. I didn't enjoy the first one. Oh, the first one was yeah. amazing. I loved the first one. But the, uh, the second one, yeah. The second one and the third one. Is there a third one now? Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. And then Star Trek... Oh no! no yeah, I, I just recently seen the the, the 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 third one. The third one, they start the movie off with um with the, the they look like huge ass gremlins, but then when they jump down, they're small little gremlins yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And the second one was when uh, Spock is inside the middle of this mm-hmm. volcano thing. Yep, All yep. right, yeah. The, fir- the first one was amazing, but yeah, the television show is starting to look like that. I don't know how that's gonna go over, but hopefully the writing is great. That's what makes Star Trek good. In yeah, the first yeah. Place. If the writing's good, then it, they can probably succeed off of the J.J. Abrahamness. Yeah. So we'll see. That's uh, Sunday, September the 24th. Star Trek Discovery is a sci-fi drama on CBS at 8.30 p.m. Please let this show be fucking good because I got to watch it anyway. It's part of the canon and it's more information. You know what I'm saying? So if there's another Star Trek 10 years from now, they'll be like, well... have to go back and watch it anyway. Yeah, well, there was a Star Trek Discovery that was really shitty. It lasted five seasons and it's really, really shitty, but they have information that you need. (laughs) Just read the Wikipedia articles, man. I could. (laughs) Uh, The next thing is uh, Monday, September the 25th, the Big Bang Theory. How is that still happening? I, I don't know. I'm fucking fed up with that show. I hate, I've hated that show since it started. I liked it when I, it started. I, I hated it. Immediately hated there it. There was another show out there like that, though. I was I, like, there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't. Because I, 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 I was, I was, it was good, though. I, I know it wasn't good. Yeah. I, and I, can't, I, can't, I can't vouch for that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, as a nerd, like the, like, the guy that was playing Pokemon that had to play it and not play with other people because in 1993 it was not popular right. to be, you know, an athlete you know, nerd, you know, so it's like Big Bang Theory, I was able to watch a show with nerds in the way that I hadn't seen since um, the movie The Revenge of the Nerds, right. where nerds are being made to be popular type it's characters. It's funny that you bring up Revenge of the Nerds. I've seen that, that thing, the, uh, the internet thing, where the, they talk about... The ador- adorkable misogyny? Yep. Oh, fucking got that. Yep. And, like, I didn't know that's what I didn't like about the show, mm-hmm. and then I watched that essay, yep. I'm sitting there like... Fuck, that's why I hate this show. Yes. It's, it's not just, it's not a good show. It's bad. It's yes. so fucking anyway. It is not a good show. It's so it's like I, I Sheldon's like Sheldon's character. I like the guy that plays Sheldon. Oh, n- I fucking oh, hate his character. Sheldon. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yeah. I agree. I, I love Sheldon's character, the guy that plays him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jim the Sheldon character. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, if 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 you if you like if you don't like that, 
Then you're definitely gonna not gonna love this. Fucking like young Sheldon bullshit. Yes, it's called Young Sheldon. I'm so fucking done with that shit. What the fuck? <laughs> young Sheldon. Like, not only do you have a bad show, yep. but now you have a bad spinoff yep. about a young kid. It's yep. so fucking weird and nerdy and quirky mm-hmm. that it's just like fuck that. Fuck it. No, we don't yep. need it. We don't fucking. We don't fucking need it. Yep. It's gonna. It's, it's gonna run for like ten seasons. I bet. I'm gonna. That kid is gonna grow up being the star of that show. Mm-hmm. And even if I meet that kid and he's a nice guy mm-hmm. and I want to work with him, yeah. if I'm probably gonna be like, nah, fuck you. Yeah. Not doing it. Yeah. Not doing it. You, yeah. you, your whole impression of you is now ruined by you being this fucking cunty character. There was a there fucking was a, hate Sheldon. There was a kid in. Um, you ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire? Uh, there was older, yes, yes, yes. Oh, all right. There was a um, Renee Zellweger's. Renee Zellweger has a son, mm-hmm. a little white, a little white kid. He's the kid that says "fuck you" to Tom Cruise. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hated that kid in the movie. <laughs> he's like, "Do you know that a human head weighs five pounds and semi ounces?" Yeah, like he's just like a, a, a kid with so much information or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's not very social. Like I hated that fucking kid. And if I seen him in real life, I probably still wouldn't like him. You know, just because of that role in the movie. Same thing with like Haley Joel Osment. If I seen him full grown adult, probably wouldn't like him. Uh, who was Haley Joel Osment? Uh, Haley, he was in Sixth Sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that dead people. Kid. He was in uh, he Dumb and Dumber. Man, is that is weird. He has a weird shaped head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's a uh, young Sheldon, so um, don't look out for that. Fucking hate Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and every time I run into someone that watches Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. it is legitimately the one show that if I find out that someone I like enjoys Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. immediately I'll go like, man, I have to make a decision right now. I don't know how I feel about this. I've been torn. <laughs> I've been torn. There's a show that, that recently came out called Disjointed. And I watched, about it. I watched the first episode of this. I bashed it went on premieres mm-hmm. because of the premise. And it's a Chuck Lorre show. Uh, Kathy Bates is in it. Mm-hmm. I bashed it on the premise. I watched the first episode and it has a laugh track that plays like every five seconds, man. And I, ba- I bashed it after the first episode. Um, I was going out a couple of weekends ago. And one of the people that's in our immediate crew, well, um, not immediate crew, but this just kind of shows it's up now and again. Yeah. It's there, yeah. Um, this person was like, um, have you seen any good television shows lately? Then I tell him the shows that I've been watching that I think are good. He was like, I've seen a great show that you got to see. I was like, what's it called? It was like, Disjointed. <laughs> I was like, no, man, that, that show is the terrible. The came crashing Yeah, down. it's so bad. And he was like, but I'm like, I thought we were friends. Like, I, I didn't know you liked this kind of stuff. You know, because before that, you were talking about how you love New Girl. I should have yeah. knew something when he said that he thinks that New Girl is one of the best television shows on TV. Fuck. I, I should have knew something. I know who you're talking about, and I can't think of his I'll fucking tell you face. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but I should have known, because like, I, cause I was talking about, yeah, I love New Girl. Yeah. Hey, girl. Like, I'll sing the things. I'll talk about all the episodes, but it's like, I watch a lot of TV, and New Girl is not one of the best shows on TV. No, it's, it's, it's in, you can, you're oh. entertained by it. Yeah, you're very entertained. Not. You're very entertained. But come on, Brosuf. So it was just like he, he was saying he, he was saying that disjointed is very, very, very good. Then I was like, fuck, like I don't want to be like the Debbie Downer in the room because it, he had he had the attention of the room. Like yeah. he was describing how great the show is and everybody was paying attention. They was like, Oh yeah, I might have to watch that. That sounds cool. They talk about smoking weed and they're doing this and doing this. And then I'm just sitting here like, do I break everybody's heart or do I save them an hour of their time? You know, and it was just like, what do I do? Like this asshole is about to waste your fucking time. Tom, you know, or, or or maybe you might like it. I don't know, but uh, I've been in, I've been in that room. I fucking hate when people talk about movies. Yeah, when I'm in the room because mm-hmm. there's like seventy percent chance that I'm gonna be like, Are you st- ah, you're still doing it? Are you still bullshit. doing it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're still engaging. There's like sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> like there's very few moments mm-hmm. where I can go now, like 
Like there, half of the time, I'm now I'm like I should let it go. Yeah, I should let it go. Yeah, but like there's 50 percent of the time where I go like ah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I went through wasn't that great, mm-hmm. you know? Sorry. That's that's one of the things that um <laughs> that I despised about uh, the Art Institute. Same is um the movie selection. Like I don't care about comic oh, movies. I don't give a shit. I don't like give a shit like anymore. the like the like, I mean it's like and, it, and it's classified. It's classified like Marvel and DC. Like I don't see a difference. Like I mean like seriously. Like I like I mean I understand that their one is is two separate companies. Yeah. But it's still a comic superheroes in a movie. It's the same fucking. It's a thing. fucking superhero that comes from cartoons yep. into a movie. I don't care if it's Marvel. I don't care if it's DC. I don't care who makes it. It's a goddamn superhero cartoon movie that's been made into live action in a movie. I don't care about these movies. Movies anymore. No, no. I was into the train at first. Mm. I was in the in the in the train with those movies at first, but mm. then I just was like, "What the fuck? Stop! Stop! Like, we don't need them." Stop. It, it was like I, I, I went there for two years, and I had to hear so much about that bullshit. <laughs> like the only only person I like, Lon. I, I like talk to him because like he was on the same train of like, "Get the fuck! Stop watching these bullshits!" <laughs> and, and I loved it that he he st- his continuity was there because when uh, Logan came out, he was like, "No, this is a movie. This yeah, is yeah. a good movie." And I'm like, "Yes, exactly." <laughs> Like fuck the superhero shit. Give me a movie. Give me a fucking movie. But anyway, anyway, <sighs> I know what you're going for. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I fucking hate having those conversations. Yeah. Every time someone talks about a Marvel movie in the room, yeah. I get up and I fucking leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not doing this today. Like I don't, I'm not. Mm-mm. But uh, the first movie, and we're gonna run through this very quick, yeah. is a uh, stronger. It's rated R, 116 minute runtime. It's a biography drama. Uh, stronger is the inspiring real life story of Jeff Bauman, an ordinary man who captured the heart of his city and the world to become a symbol of hope following the infamous 2013 Boston Marathon bombing. <laughs> I, I hate movies like about national tragedies. Why? I just don't. They they just feel exploitative to me. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent exploitative. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. But I mean, it's just I don't know if I can. I don't. It's a case by case basis. Like if the movie is good, then I like the movie. If the movie's bad, then you exploit it for no reason. Right. Yeah. You know? it's, anyway, it's just like I don't know. It's um. It's starring. Jake. I fucking hate that poster though. Why? Uh, strength define you. And with no H right there. With no H and the fucking U. Instead of like the Y O U, fuck you. I, I don't. I don't like oh, the U, yeah, yeah. Instead of Y O U, yeah. Because I'm about to say the um, the H can be cut off. Might just be cut off because it's part of the post. Because the R you can't see in the rest of the name. Oh, uh, something gets cut off. Yeah, okay, yeah. but but that U, that's there. That's there. There's not a. Yeah. There's no Y in front of that yeah. or an O. Who's so. who's the who's the lead? Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I'm saying you, you, you know you I love like Jake. Exactly. That's what I'm like. I'll, I'll watch it because I love Jake. And what Jake Gyllenhaal is doing, he's kind of taking that t- Tom Hanks um, approach now. Mm-hmm. He's only taking roles to where he can completely invest inside of like the human condition. Right. He wants to understand humanity in each and every character that he's taking on. But uh, but yeah, that's Jake Gyllenhaal, stronger rated R, 160 minute runtime. Cool. The next thing is Battle of the Sexes. It's PG 13, 121 minute runtime. It's a biography, comedy, sport movie. Uh, the rundown: the true story of the 1973 tennis match between world number one Billie Jean King and ex champ and serial hustler Bobby Riggs. Mm. Uh, see, I was gonna be like, "What the fuck is this about?" But it's a it's a tennis movie. You don't see those a lot. Yeah, and for some reasons, uh, the people starring in it got cut off. I don't know. We must not have pasted. Mm. But um, I know Steve Carell is in it, and uh, I think it was Emma Watts. Okay. I mean, I'll give it a shot. Or Emma Stone. That's an interesting thing. Whatever. But yeah, that's that. Uh, the next movie is the the Lego Ninja Lego Ninja Go movie. Yep, Ninja Go movie. 
Uh, it's a PG movie. It's animation, action, adventure, comedy, family movie. Six Young Ninjas. I'm not reading the rundown for this. It's starring <laughs> Olivia Munn, Justin Thoreau, Jackie Chan, and Dave Franco. I'll be honest with you. I saw that trailer, and mm. when the name came up, I was thinking, like, fuck that. Mm. But I saw the trailer, and they, they got a good handle on how to do comedy. They, they got visual comedy down. The, all, people. all the Lego movies have been good. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I've seen Lego movie with uh, Chris Pratt. I've seen the Lego Batman movie with uh, Will Arnett. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, there was one more before this, I thought, but I didn't see that one, I guess. Uh, no, I, I thought, think. Was I, that was on, those only two? I think there's only been and two. And then the ninja's coming? Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The other two that I've seen, I really, really enjoyed yeah. those. I always, every my first reaction is I was like, fuck that movie. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's actually kind of funny. Yeah. They have a really great cut in the trailer. Nice. <laughs> it's fucking great. Anyway. Uh, lastly is a movie that I bashed with just because uh, there were so many white faces on the screen. It's uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. It's rated R, 141-minute runtime, listed as an action-adventure comedy. Uh, when their headquarters are destroyed and the world is held hostage, the Kingsman's journey leads to the discovery of an allied spy organization in the U.S. These two elite secret organizations must band together to defeat a common enemy. It's directed by Matthew Vaughn. It stars Colin Firth, Mark Strong, and Channing Tatum. I'm in, I'm into it. I like the Kings I like the first Kingsman. I think their action sequences are something to behold. Mm. They do really well action sequences. I don't know about the rest of the movie, but their action sequences are fantastic. I mean, they said the first Kingsman was really good. Mm -hmm. They said that was really good. It got very good reviews. But like I seen this Kingsman full circle trailer in the movie theaters and very white. Very white. It was you you were telling me it was like, yeah. well, don't let just because it's so white deter you from watching the movie itself. Mm -hmm. And it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. It's just like the um you saying a movie that is exploiting for no reason. Like, well, I'll watch it because it might be good. Right. You know? Here's the thing. Like, you're not a fan of action. You're a fan of good action. Yeah. This movie might not be for you. Like, oh, the Kingsman series might not be for you. It's just you, heavy it, action type thing? Because it's, it's really pretty heavy action. Okay. But I don't know if you'll enjoy anything other than the visual aspect of the action. Yeah. So, like, the movie might not be for you purely based on its genre. Depending upon how that action is presented. Yeah. Because John Wick 1 and 2, like, I, I, everything went for me because it was choreographed so well. And, like, the OCD part of me was fulfilled because like I said from military training I'm counting how many bullets are in your, your gun yeah. you know this is very digital action oh. it's very special effects driven action yeah. so like it looks pretty and yeah. it's enjoyable but it really might not be your cup of tea alright yeah so is it comical warning. was the first one comical uh, yeah it's funny it's a funny movie like funny like Independence Day with Will Smith I think it's you know what I'm saying because like that's an action movie that, I think it's that, an action comedy all I right. think I would describe it as an action comedy All right. rather than just action with comedic elements. I think it's... Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, uh, check it out right. if you want. Uh, anyway, uh, that is it for today's episode. Again, the spiel, you can find us at underscore FFS Podcast, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podcast App, and Google Play Music are the names uh, for film's sake, and you can find our podcast there. And my personal Twitter handle is at BrownerChija and Chris. I'm at uh, T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Woo.